Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Screw Podcast with Felicia Rose and A-Love. What up, A-Love? What's going on? Today, we have a special guest here for you. She's the verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the Hellmouth, Doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position, dropping her new podcast soon, Tranos and the Lived Experience. Welcome to the Screw, Cameron Ellen Jarrell. Uh, thank you very much, but you also forgot that nigga. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Things I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> right. That's why I said it for you. I'm that nigga. Um, thanks for having me. Thank you for being on again. This is your second time on, and I'm so excited to talk to you because you have new and wonderful upcoming events in your life, and I want to hear all about them. I'm so excited. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Like, uh, the last time I was on, I was in a, a bit of a somber place. I'm still kind of there, but, like, kind of slowly dragging myself out. Like, got this new project on, and you guys, like, kind of, like, gave me the inspiration to, like, start doing this on as a, a career. To, like, try to, like, pursue this. And I don't know what it's like having a baby, but I kind of do now. So <laughs> That's that. awesome. Well, I'm happy that you found an outlet for just in general I feel like you have so much to say and you have a lot of important shit to say and that stuff needs to be spread to the world because I could sit on the phone with you for like two days in a row honestly and sometimes I'll look at the I'll be like wow we talked for three three hours straight up and I had no clue just because you know you have a lot to talk about and you have a very interesting perspective and I think I and it's an important perspective and I think more people need to hear the voice of a black trans woman especially one living in upstate fucking new york for christ's sake seriously nova scotia upstate new york <laughs> is uh <laughs> upstate new york should be part of wisconsin right there's just, shit's been hot up there but you know like wisconsin at least what voted blue this year right yeah they better motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, 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 no. Shout out. I don't want no pro- I don't want no problems on Wisconsin. I don't want no problems. Just, just really the cheese like- or whatever it is you guys do. <laughs> Fuck, I love cheese so much. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, my favorite cheese? Oh, see, we done got into it now. Um, smoked Gouda, because I'm a booty bitch. Oh, smoked Gouda is fucking good. I used to have a cat named Gouda. <laughs> it's smoked Gouda for me all the way, uh, which is weird, because in Rochester, it's not a lot of that stuff. No? Um, no, they sell it in, like, uh, those uh, uppity stores with, you know, with a <laughs> bitch's name Agatha standing at the front. <laughs> <laughs> This bitch said Agatha. I'm dead. I cannot with you. This is this is an age smoked Gouda, and this will cost you about three hundred dollars for a wheel of it. Like bitch, look, I just want to like. For some reason, in many of the bodegas, at least in Queens, smoked Gouda is like the only cheese you can find. Do you wow. notice that? Do you notice that in Brooklyn at all, Felicia? That's like a popular bodega brand. It's a super something. popular. Well, I don't know about bodega, but like all of our small like baby grocery stores that basically are bodegas. <laughs> yeah, smoked gouda. Mm-hmm. Very popular. I wonder if there's like a smoked gouda cow out there in like you know Long Island or something. Probably. <laughs> Well, if it is, fly that bitch to Rochester, because uh, we don't have bodegas here. We have corner stores. They're called ah. corner, corner stores, like the store in the corner. 
Right. Yeah, like you have Seven Eleven and shit like that. Like store two. So like we have we have like mom and pops and stuff like that, but it's primarily like they're like um they're like union stores. So like a group of family, which is smart. I'm I'm not knocking. Don't take this as me knocking it. A family of like people from like the Sudan or like Pakistan, they'll move to America, right? And they get all this like grant money and stuff like that because they're trying to go to school and trying to fix their lives and stuff like that. So what they do, this is very smart. They buy a storefront. They fill it up with every product, like everyday life. They always have restaurants, so they cook like uh, subs, uh, chicken wings. Uh, sometimes they do like specialty stuff, like fish and all that other stuff. And they keep it for seven years, and then they pass, <laughs> then they pass it to their next family member, and that's how they keep generational wealth going. And that's how we end up getting like what we, what we would consider here a bodega is a corner store. Got to, got to. But, so it's like the American dream bodega version. Right, it's like people like coming here and actually like being smart with like like wait a minute like so I can take this grant money and turn it into an actual business that I can then pass throughout my family for the rest of the time that our name exists because they're just stores. I don't know, I don't know about y'all, but I am so hungry now. Thank you very much. I just like I wish I wasn't allergic to a chopped cheese sandwich because I want one really bad. If if we had a queer bodega, what would what would we carry? What would be like the top items you think a queer bodega would need? Poppers. Poppers. <laughs> I know I know at least five people that were gonna say poppers right from the fucking get go. Poppers lube. poppers lube, lube um non latex gloves cause fucking allergy and uh <laughs> let's see. Hair ties. Ooh, hair ties. Good. Hell yeah. Hair ties. I like how we didn't say condoms yet. That's good. That's really um, good on our somewhere part. <laughs> out there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um condoms. Lambskin yeah. condoms. Yeah, lambskin. Yeah. Butt plugs. She trainer trainer size. Trainer size butt plugs. Whole peel pocket pussies and buttholes. Yeah. Polyurethane condoms too, because I'm not a pre- I don't really like lambskin, but I do have a latex yeah. allergy. So polyurethane. I'm always afraid I'm gonna catch fire with polyurethane. Like those. Yeah, ones- but you don't even realize you've probably used poly. Like Durex has a lot of poly uh, polyurethane condoms, for example. You know. Oh um, well, I I haven't had sex since last uh since the last decade, so I don't really need no. any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, my, my only sex is like I have to take the load because it's on camera, so I totally understand. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. all about harm reduction. I'll go with that. Right. 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 Listen, yeah, yeah. nobody's gonna eat if I'm not taking the load. You know what I mean? Like, Mama can't send y'all <laughs> money for, on your Venmos if I'm not taking loads. Let's talk about hierarchy of needs right now. No, I just so fucking, I just fucking I know die. self-actualization is at Maslow's top of his hierarchy, but for Felicia Rose, the top of my hierarchy is self-flatulation. So, <laughs> see, see, bravo. I'm fucking standing right now, clapping. Like I don't know if you can hear it, but like, you you bring out the breast in me. What can I say, Cam? Oh man, line after line. It's good to be on the air. <laughs> this is the, see, this is the kind of I'm shit eating you're spaghetti. I'm, I'm eating spaghetti and making puns with two of the best people I know. What can I say? It's life yeah. is good. So so yeah, this is what you're going to expect from my show. It's going to be a lot of that. Excellent, excellent. What else? So, who, who do you have any common guests, running guests on the new show? Anybody of? So the format of my show, uh, it's my show. I am its only host, but I'm doing something kind of different. I'm having like a weekly co-host. So every week I like bring somebody from my life in, and we just kind of sit down and we shoot the shit about like whatever topic comes to my mind because it's my show. What do you mean by like 
random people in your life though like are friends family like what kind of give us like some insight of what kind of a taste of what we'll see you know Oh, uh, so we got some recurring, like recurring guests, um, guest hosts. We have my my foster brother. I'm I was a foster kid for a long time, and we just kind of shoot the shit over like uh how we grew up and how we met. And another host is he used to be my wrestling manager, but he's more like a father figure now, kind of like a like best friend father figure. Um, nice. uh, Bob Calmon. His name's um Bob Calmon, but his wrestling uh, manager name was Mad Dog, and we have some conversations. Uh, we, oh, yeah. hit, we hit on topics like just randomly because I'm a random bitch. So a topic one day could be like, hey, let's really sit down and talk about politics. And the next day we can be like, hey, let's talk about cheesecake. Nice, nice, nice. So, so it's sort of uh, in the same realm of what we sort of go for, which is just, you know, we have thoughts that we want to talk about or we have guests and we want to talk to them about their thoughts on something. And if not, you're going to hear about, you know, how I cleaned out my butthole this morning, things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Butthole cleaning, awesome. you know. Awesome. Butthole cleaning. But like, yeah, it what it is is it's a view into like the window. It's like I'm I'm letting people like hear my perspective for what feels like the first time ever. Being a, a trans woman of color in these days and times is is pretty fucking rough, and a lot of people don't really get it. So right. having somebody out there to like speak on those things and give perspective is a uh, really needed. So who else should step into the fray but I? Well, and you're not ju- I agree first off sorry to cut you off but also you're not just a trans woman of color you're also a trans woman of color in the wrestling community living in upstate New York you have all these different perspectives that I don't I think oftentimes I don't want to say this because I'm I'm kind of thinking of just a couple things and generalizing but I will say in my experience when I go to um or when I come across things that are say fronted by a trans group of people it's typically say like a podcast it's typically city people perspectives I'm getting a lot of that I want to hear the perspective of somebody that's not having the same experiences as sort of what I'm having and obviously not the same but you know what I mean so I want to hear the experiences of what it's like to live in a place where it's not the norm to just accept everybody around you like New York City for example it's like you don't even look at the people around you have the time right so I'm sure every day is a completely different experience than if you were to live here and I want to hear about that I think that's very interesting yeah given the introspective like given the perspective of being a trans woman of power that lives in a fucking podunk dirt water <laughs> town like like uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of Rochesterians believe that Rochester is the epicenter of New York and I keep having to remind them like hey hey we live in the sticks uh, right, we live in the sticks. Right. There's not a lot of opportunities for trans women like you would see in New York City. There's not a lot of uh, outreach or uplifting things here. If you want something like that here, you kind of have to create it, which is another hat that I wear. I'm also um, the head of an organization that battles like uh, transphobia and employee discrimination. I'm also branching into like helping with hospital disparities because trans women of color in Rochester are literally the lowest rung on the ladder. And a lot of people don't even want to address it. So I'm kind of like the in the in your face kind of person in my show. We'll touch on those things. I will come off a bit aggressive, but if if I sound aggressive is because you're a pussy. You don't, you never have to apologize, excuse yourself, or explain. Yeah. Take up all the space you want, as much as you want, and however you want. And you know that. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it, it's fucked up, you know, in these days. Because, like, being passionate doesn't necessarily mean you're aggressive, right? And, like, being assertive doesn't necessarily mean you're aggressive. But you have a lot of people that just 
They don't want to hear But also being shit. aggressive doesn't necessarily mean that you are aggressive. You can have aggressive moments and it does not equate to you are an aggressive Hell, yeah. human being in general. Exactly. Too. Yeah, that's so actually can... one of the topics we step we, we we touch upon in one of the episodes, me and my foster brother. We talk about tone policing. We talk about how it Hell, affects yeah. How it affects cisgender uh, black women, and then we talk about the the retrospect, and we well we talk about the intersectionality of trans women being considered men in in women's spaces, and then being tone police for defending right. their authenticity. And uh-huh. tone policing is the num- one of the number one weapons used against black people in general, specifically femme non masculine people are often called aggressive right to their faces, just for existing, just for being. So we had right. a conversation about that. I've had some pretty fun times. We talk about like um, our favorite chicken wing recipes and shit like that. But then oh, we yeah. get the real things. Like um, I, I'm from Rochester, New York. It's the fifth, sixth time I've said it. And here we've had uh, protesting <sighs> for what's going on six months. Yeah. People getting yeah. pepper sprayed and uh, shot with rubber bullets and th- those things. And I kind of talked about my experience of being out there in the front line. And oh, yeah. um, the fears I have of, of being a trans woman of color and, and wanting and and, and actively supporting BLM and knowing that they're members of the BLM that don't include me. Like when, right. when they say Black Lives Matter, I'm right. a trans black woman and my community is helping do damage to me along with white supremacy. So right. there's that juxtaposition and stuff like that you have to right. talk about. So those are some of the things that I will be talking about on my show or have talked about that you should tune in and listen to you, bitch. <laughs> I, re- I, re- I mean, really. That was, that's like the best that. advert ever. Like, Absolutely. We, we make taking this that sound to, clip. Exactly. I was just going to say that. We're going to have to take that sound clip and like push so that listen, out. So listen, yeah, bitch. <laughs> and I'm trying to entertain you, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> part of the part of the the thing we always like kind of try to you know amplify here is this is a time that people do need to be aggressive and you know respectability politics is not getting anybody you know fucking anywhere i was once at this uh conference like thing in pittsburgh for you know and it all had like the worst like title ever it was like something like the the yearly meeting of of white and black it was like the worst kind of title you could have for something and then inside it was all these great discussions going on but a lot of it was being mired by wealthy black folk interrupting and saying don't say anything bad about the police don't say any bad about this don't say you know and it was like are we really not beyond this now? Like, you may not be having the same problems as others are around this issue, but like, you cannot start policing how people are expressing their anger and discontent over the way shit is going down. Yeah, yeah, like they can miss me with the coonery. <laughs> they can really miss me with the with the coonery. I um I step into a lot of spaces where I have to deal with uh white people trying to silence me. And um, uh, shout out to the white people out there. Keep them checks coming. You know what I'm saying? But you are some bitches. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, I also have to deal with uh, moderate, uh, elitist black people who forget the struggles that got them there, forget the people who struggled to get them to where they needed to be. And they get com- comfortable in the bourgeoisie. And I have to remind them, you a nigga, too. <laughs> when the shit pop off, tax bracket, whatever the fuck you you're trying to claim to put yourself above your actual culture or when this shit hits the fan, if these people are actually talking about having some type of fucking civil war, which I think is fucking ridiculous. Use a nigga too. Don't forget that shit. 
So, so you're saying there's classism and colorism within the community itself, and yeah. that already breeds problems. So, like, there's so much of that going on, and you know, on so many different levels, with along coinciding or in conjunction, I should say, with white supremacy, which is obviously something we need to dismantle in, in its entirety. So, it's hard to hear that. It's hard to hear that you have, you know, your struggle means every day you're struggling within every type of community, essentially, right. you know what I mean? So, right. uh, so to define your own space, I think it's, I think it's noble of you to stick around in a place like Rochester. I think it's also like courageous of you. Noble's probably the wrong word, courageous. And like, I also think the work that you do for the community there is so important and like, it should, it needs to be noted, you know, especially in a space where it's not, it's, it's a violent act for you to even help your own community there right. you know what i mean and the fact is it's a violent act because white supremacy says so and that, that is just something that i think that is it's beautiful to see people trying to help to dismantle in these smaller spaces where it's not the norm to you know we didn't we had people out on the streets when biden won literally partying whereas rochester i feel like that wasn't the, that wasn't the average you know i mean there was barbecues and shit in the hood because downtown right. Rochester is all is pretty much all black and Puerto Rican people. The right. outskirts, because like during white flight back in the 60s, the white right. people were like, oh shit, mm-hmm. moderate paid Puerto Rican and black people are moving to our neighborhood, flee. And they all left to the suburbs. But now they're kind of like trying to come back and gentrify the country neighborhood of Rochester. There's a lot of partying going on, people having barbecues and shit like that. And I thought that was great. But just because Biden is in office doesn't change anything for me. It doesn't really change a goddamn thing for me, except for like, oh, I don't have like this huge asshole in the White House, like trickling down hatred for now is what I'm going to say, because like, I mean, everybody's uh, really gung ho about Biden right now, and I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, but the nigga's past is sketchy. The work is not the work is not done regardless of who's elected and who's in office. The work does not stop because we just elected the person that was the lesser. If you quote unquote of now, when you say lesser of two evils, there's a huge difference. And whether you put into in effect the worst, one of the worst bills to ever take place in the last three centuries, there is a lesser, right. And the lesser is to get a Democrat in there. And that's the, that's the point that like, okay, we start to the local elections and we take over from there. But to me, I was I was excited to be a part of a city where we were all rejoicing and excited because people were just relieved, right? That was right, the right. relief partying. But right. I think a lot of us took a step back and realized, like, the work starts now. It didn't right. stop. It doesn't pause. We don't get six months of reprieve. The work starts now. And I'm not saying the work of our Black sisters specifically out there. I'm saying the work of the fucking white people that just fucking allowed their sisters and their mothers to fucking vote in or tried to vote in two times in a motherfucking row, this piece of goddamn shit. You know what Hold I'm on. saying? So like, I want to speak, I wanna speak on that really there. quick. I want to speak on that really quick. Yeah, now, first off, shout out, shout out to all the black women out there because y'all been holding us down for about 60 years now and ain't nobody Absolutely. really talking about it. Now let's talk about the 55% rag- of these raggedy bitches out here. The 55% of the white women that voted for Trump, like, what is the legacy that you are planning on leaving for your daughters that you could sit idly by and hold the hand of toxic masculinity as long and, and deal with the atrocities of rape and misogyny and pay gaps and uh, not being treated like a whole citizen as long as you get to shit on someone lower than you? I mean, come on, like when is 
wanting to have an actual seat at the table going to happen for white women? Are they just going to stay content with scraps? Well, like, are these bitches ever going to go I after think, a whole meal? Like, like bitches, get it together, bitches. Well, if they're I don't, be- I don't like to quote like a white person in reference to this, but Bill Burr called those called that community or not community that group of fucking bitches out on SNL a few weeks back, and if you haven't caught it, definitely watch it because. He basically is like, you're complicit, you're complacent, and you are the fucking problem here. And don't just sit back and say white men have been the issue. You have been alongside of them, voting with them silently, boosting their egos forever. Well, I know we're blanket statementing here, but, like, the fucking numbers show it, right? So it's like, what the fuck? We're not blanket statementing. What I think is fair to say here is that we have a system that's in service to the idea of white women needing to be protected and saved. And all of that kind of goes with that whole system of, well, what is it that you're they're protecting, right? They're protecting what they're being told to protect, which is your best interest for your family's financial health is to follow these things. And these things come with a list of prejudices and attachments because this kind of wealth can only be generated if somebody loses, right? People have to lose. We had a $1 trillion transfer of wealth during COVID. How many people are unemployed now? 30 to 50 million? Right. (laughs) Okay, so everything they're being told to vote for is in protectionism of their wealth, right? And what is the oldest trick in the book? It's to divvy everybody up, categorize them, and have them hash it out with each other and fight over the fucking scraps. And that is essentially what keeps happening. And as long as they can keep convincing these women that they live outside of it and they need that this, these aren't issues and things that affect them, you're going to keep seeing that kind of behavior. It's literally how, like, uh, of the Irish and the Italians were treated when they got here. They were treated just like black people when they got here. They were treated the exact same way. And then when they saw the union of the three powers coming together, Blacks, Italians, and, and Irish, around, like, the time of, like, the five points, like, history in New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. uh, around that time, like, they were like, you know what, you know what we can do to stop them from mingling with each other? We can treat Irish people and, and, and Italians like white people. Right, right. Exactly. But then there was also the Irish and Italian, you know, them fighting themselves, you know what I mean, which was a problem, because Italians... And like, if you look at old signs, it was like, no Italians are blacks. You know what I mean? So right. it's like this very strange, again, colorism thing. Like right. Italians were closer, right? Just geographically closer. Whether we talk about actual like Southern Italy, Sicilians, black migration, the fucking rape and pillage of fucking countries. We're not talking about that. I'm just saying in general, they were like, oh, they're closer on the map to fucking Africa so they're, fu- you know what I mean? It was like that. It was literally like you have a tanner skin tone. So you're, it, it was literally colorism. And it's so interesting that like people don't even remember. They don't even understand that that was like a piece of like our history. It's just, just like, this is repeating itself and fucking repeating itself. It's like, Jesus Christ, you are literally voting against everything in your interest. All of you. And it's just the most disgusting thing in the world. It's very like. I could go on for hours, you know that, but right, I, the, the, I am the, the, I am personally disheartened knowing that like I know people that probably voted for Trump and they'll never tell me so, you know. Oh, see that's the thing. I said it before the election happened. I I, I stated to those people, I was like, you were very proud in your pursuit 
of white nationalism. Uh, you took your mask off in 2016. You can't put the bitch back on. I can sense you. Well, certain things, once you put them in motion, like, they can't be undone. And, yeah, I'm I'm glad that there were some Trump supporters who who changed and saw the error of their ways. But what had to happen for for them to see that what Donald Trump was doing to others, uh, they had to somehow be affected by it. Like they didn't have the compassion or the empathy in the first place. And that's what America is missing a lot of. It's, uh, we always keep talking about, uh, you, I hear a lot of older people than me, I'm 40 years old. I hear a lot of people older than me talking about the good old days and the past, but I have to always snap and bring them back to reality and be like, nigga, for, uh, 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 and I'm gonna say nigga a lot, nigga. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of time period in America's 200 and almost 300 years of existence where large groups of people didn't have this great time that everyone's talking about. This whole mm-hmm. make America great again thing was kind of bullshit because it just harkened back to slavery. It harkened back to Jim Crow. It harkened back to when women didn't have rights. It harkens back right. to when Asian Americans were treated like like animals. It harkens back to we, when we dragged our feet to help Jewish people. It harkens back to those days. And when someone says make America great again to me, I'm like, well, when are we going to do it the first time? <laughs> right. When we go do exactly. It's, that, and that's what I mean. Exactly. History repeating itself in all different categories, obviously, with the root problem of racism and classism being like the number one issue for, throughout all of it and everything different ism. Right. Anything ism. Everybody is so goddamn afraid of that, which they are not around or know. And the the problem is that, like, when does this shit stop or when do, when do we like re when do we get to open the history book and it actually says what actually goddamn happened so the that people, our children don't history. fucking repeat the same shit over and over again and realize like this maybe even affected your ancestors. Certain things may have had effect on your ancestors that you're now toting the beliefs that are exactly the opposite of. It's just so right. weird to see these that you know this take place in our right, country, or like, like, especially yeah. people have the emboldened like they're emboldened to speak out about it now. It's like you're right, seeing like shout out to come out, Irish you know? Americans. A shout out to Irish Americans in Rochester. You are totally you are totally uh the the mirror opposite of what your ancestors were when they got here. Right. Exactly. Uh, Irish Irish people, I love Ireland. I've been there several times. I love I just okay. love the energy of Irish people. And the first thing you notice about them is they don't like they've been saying fuck twelve since the thirteen hundreds. They've been saying fuck the government since the 1300s. Fuck patriarchy. They've been saying fuck monarchies. Uh, they rise up and they fight against oppressors. Only to like hundreds of years later have a bunch of, uh, for lack of a better word, I'm going to use one of those J.K. Rowling words, mudbloods come here and um, forget that like that's the legacy. That's the heritage of being Irish. In Rochester, New York, Irish people are the most racist people in Rochester. Yeah, that's I mean, that that's that's happened in Boston. It's happens in New York. Like that has definitely been right. That was one of my points. I was I never got to earlier about Italians being like a part of a piece of the racism problem when it's like you what you were like WAP was a word that was used against us. Like, what the fuck? Like, like, this is not that far away in goddamn history. Like they wouldn't give you loans. They wouldn't let let you buy property. Exactly. So, so to have, I, like you said, sometimes it has to affect you to let it affect your brain and let it affect how you act. And it's like just that. And I understand a lot of people don't even know anything about history, but it, it just do a little bit of research and you'll figure yeah. out that like 
you know, this isn't something so far fucking removed that like you, right. if you talked to like maybe a great grandparents, they'd be able to, or your grandparents, they'd be able to tell you stories that they were involved in this kind of shit. Yeah, it's just so weird that people are so ignorant to that now. And, then, and if people are looking for some resources off the top of my head, obviously always a good one is Howard Zinn's People's History. Um, you also have Poor People's Movements, and I can't remember. That was a combination of people who wrote that to really give you a piece of what people have been like fighting and struggling for. This has been an ongoing thing. You know, if you just tuned in now, it's not, it didn't just start yesterday, right? And like, I think that's one of the things going back to the whole Biden thing, right? We had somebody who is, at least with their rhetoric, not interested in any kind of movement pressure, right? And right. in theory, what you say, okay, we have this person now and we should be even working harder because they are at least giving out a softer, gentler rhetoric so let's like hold them to the flames with that rhetoric and fight twice as hard for the things that we want and compromise as infrequently as possible. Right, right. Like, Cause it's not like, like four years from now, we won't have some other like fucking weird ass, like uh, right wing uh, Messiah raised out of nowhere <laughs> to be like, I'm bringing the hatred again. Like we have to like actively work towards stopping that from happening four years from now. Right, exactly. Well, and now it's gonna get quieter because of that lack of emboldened, like, because people won't feel that, like, well, the president did it, so I can do it. So people are going to go back into the shadows, so it's not going to be as overt and obvious. And that's that's when it gets scarier. I mean, both are scary. And I don't, I personally walk around in a white body, so I personally do not know what it's like to even be worried about my race. So, but, but in general, I, both sides of the coin are scary. One side lets people go back into the shadows and be quiet about it because they can and because people aren't talking about it. And the other side is they're so overt and emboldened to be so disgusting outwardly that it's like, this is a real thing. Are you kidding me? So like both, we have to pay attention. We can't just say like, oh, it's gotten better. It hasn't necessarily gotten well, better. People are just quieter about it. And, you know? and we, we have a recent example of this. The perfect example is Obama. Obama supported in campaign speeches, gay marriage was all about it. And then when push came to shove, nothing was happening. He right. got got onto it when queer movement pressure said, hey, you said this, we're going to make sure you fucking do it. And he went and held a thing on TV and spoke about how he was ready and we're ready and America is ready, blah, blah, blah. So we have an opportunity to keep doing that with certain things and we need to we need to be putting on that pressure we can never get caught like <laughs> you know with our pants down i mean i love i hate that phrase because i love getting caught with my pants down but <laughs> for lack of better metaphor um that's the one i'm sticking to at the moment but yeah i mean i'm really excited cam i have to say like listening to you know what i've listened to in like pre-edits uh i'm i'm very excited about the things that you're talking about it's kind of I, I i love you know you're 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 a fucking dirty fucking motherfucker i love it it's and beautiful. you're forced to be reckoned with and i love that yeah. you have a microphone now because i personally tune into the cam show at least once a week on the phone but i love that other people now can and i'm so excited because yeah. well said I, I can hear you talk to the wall for all i care i don't care who you have for guests to be honest like yes the guests i love i love hearing different interactions and perspectives but I, i'm here to listen to you so i'm really yeah. excited for it I'm really excited about it too. And um, really like the guest is always going to be the listener. 
the guest is the listener. We're, uh, oh, yeah. um, the way we're doing this, the premise of this is that there's going to be guest hosts every once in a while, but that's just to move conversations forward. Uh, really, the guest of every show is going to be the listener. What I want to do out there is I've been silenced for a very long time. I was born in 1980. No one really gave a shit about my voice until I became a professional wrestler. And even while I was being a professional wrestler, a lot of people wanted to silence me. And that just gave me a lot more prowess and strength. I am a legitimate verbal black belt. And now you're going to get lessons from one. That's <laughs> pretty that. much what's going to happen. Like, I'm not fearful of entering any conversation. I'm not fearful of entering any debate. Uh, I'm also not fearful of turning down things that shouldn't be debated, like the existence of a person or their sexuality or their religion. Those things don't need to be debated. Those, those are things that are, are deeply personal to each person. And if it has to be Fuck debated, yeah. then that's the fucking problem. And those are the kind of conversations that I want to have. On, on Tranos and the Lived Experience, the conversations that we've been having so far are the conversations that we're going to be having in the future. And it might start off one place and splinter off into other places, but that's how my mind works. And well, to my fucking show, bitch. <laughs> what, yes. what do you hope the most out of this experience? Hope for to see like happen. Let me be truthful. Let me be truthful as fuck. Um, yeah. Fuck yeah. I don't want to have uh, to work a regular job anymore. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I fucking but, yeah. <laughs> right. But at the same time, like I also want to be able to inspire another person of my persuasion, another trans male or trans female of color that like feels silence and feels like they don't have that space to speak and then see that that's that pathway is carved out for you i'm i'm running through the brush and breaking branches just so you can fit through and that's what i want to do oh yeah well said that's a beautiful thing well i'm so excited it's all the people out there who are naysayers and don't want to hear trans women speak suck my sheenus Yes. <laughs> see, if anything, everybody has to tune in for those quotes. I I see like how quotable your show is. Like it's uh, it's almost overwhelmingly quotable. It's very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I have this weird way of speaking. I speak in weird Southern Jamaican Scottish metaphors. Yeah, it's a weird <laughs> mixture of, of things to be, but that's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it would surprise you to, to know that every child from my family speaks the exact same way. That's beautiful. So you all understand each other. That's all that matters, right? <clears throat> yeah, like, do we all understand each other? But I'm, I have the most verbal prowess. I've always been told <laughs> that, like, you, sometimes, like, they were like, hey, like, you, you kind of need to shut up. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 verbal no. prowess. But that's exactly you definitely, what <laughs> I've been in the wrestling world for not that long, but I've definitely, because of sort of my role in it, I've seen a lot of promos cut, a.k.a. if you don't know what that means, it's a lot of people speaking directly to a person through a camera, essentially, right. about a thing, a time, a place, an event where they're going to do something to them. Or they're responding to something. So uh, the best in-person promo I've ever seen cut live was by Cameron. So if that gives you any, and I am a snob about promos. I might not cut the best promo, but I think I'm in like the top 10% of like indies promos. Right? I'm not going to lie. I'm, I think I'm pretty fucking fired. <laughs> so at the end of the day, especially when like, you know, when it's a topic I give two shits about. Yeah. Ooh, mama got it. But at the end of the day, I, you gave me the best in person promo i've ever seen in my life so it's definitely going to be worth it to tune into this podcast because cam is so fire on the mic for real yeah the thing about like the way i speak and the things that i speak about is that i even in my capacity as a professional wrestler i believe what i say mm -hmm. 
I believe what oh, I say. I don't absolutely. say anything that's not true to a certain extent. Like I might threaten to kill someone or I might threaten to like bodily harm them. That those things aren't as important as the intensity that I'm trying to convey that there will be hands laid. Like so when I'm speaking in the capacity of a podcast host, the things that I'm saying come from the heart and they mean even more to me than a wrestling promo because like these are real things that are impacting me. These are real things that I have to endure. These are real things that I'm seeing happening around me. So I speak from a very real place and I'm very unapologetic about it. And um, like I said, if you have a problem with bass tone, Barry White sounding bitches, don't listen to my show, ho. Uh, who are you hoping? And suck that chinas. <laughs> <laughs> who are you hoping hears your podcast the most? Trans women of color, I hope they hear it the most. I hope they hear that there's a path for them. There's a, there's a way for them to get their voices out there. I hope they hear that there's someone out here in this small podunk town trying to fight for all of us. That they hear like my experiences and they don't make the mistakes of, of, of denying themselves their authenticity for as long as I did. Because being 30, 32 years old and coming out as a trans person is... is it's a, you had to go through a lot of mental damage to get to that point. And I know what that's like. And I don't want anyone having to go through that. So I want someone to hear my voice and hear my experiences and decide that today's the day I'm going to be authentic for me. Hell yeah. Wow, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Hell yeah. And that shit was real, motherfucker. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So, so Cam, before before we wrap up, um, was there any uh, anybody you want to uh, shout out to? What you know, I know you have some organizations you're involved with. Anybody you want to reiterate for people to tune into, support, raise the voice of? Well, in Rochester, New York, there's a group coming up. They're called Legion. That's League for Equity of Gender in Our Neighborhoods. I am the founder and the uh, coach, current co-chair of that organization. We are currently writing up trainings and stuff like that for diversity trainings, real diversity trainings by trans people for trans diversity in workplaces. So keep your eye out for that. Um, also, I want to send a shout out to The Screw because y'all put me on. You know what it is. Um, and um, <laughs> Uh, I also want to send a uh, shout out to Popo on um, Gregory Street because he make the fire uh, uh, country chopped cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. And yes. also, if you're looking for if you're looking for an Amazon dick appointment, contact me at five five five. No, I'll play with you. Five five five. I love it. That's an old school show. Um. So um. Right. So like Cam said, like you know, we are also very excited, and thank you for participating in in this experiment to get voices like yours out there to get people heard that should be heard that have a lot of important and vital shit to share. We also want to take a moment to invite anybody else um, that you know may want to do some podcasting, some conversation, some some radio type shows. You know, hit us up at Screw Podcasts at gmail.com and stay tuned because your release, your release is any day now, Cam. Like we, we got like a couple of weeks of, uh, you know, things to prepare, but you should be out well before December. So. Very excited. Very excited. Make sure everyone tunes in. Don't make me have to come after you because I will. <laughs> so if you're listening to this right now and you want to know the Instagram information, just go to the Screw NYC on Instagram or Twitter to find the information just because not everything is in pending process before it's live. So we don't have all of the um, handles just yet, but that will be either on the next episode and, or just go to our, our pages for the screw NYC 
and that will give you any kind of information for obviously this podcast and any other information for podcasts that we're working on so excellent awesome well cam again thank you like i'm sure thank you so much but i want to have you on again after your podcast has been live for a little bit to you know see how you're feeling about the response and 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 everything if you're up for it oh well and i would also like to have both of you on my show when you're Uh, prepared when you're up for it um thank you very much for giving me um some time on your platform and um just helping me pump my show out and um to the future fans i fuck with you oh yeah take us home felicia rose (laughs) thank you everybody for tuning in to the screw you can find us on instagram at the screw nyc on twitter at the screw nyc you can see my tits on many vids at feliciarod.manyvids.com again thank you cameron for being on our show and we're out